Oh, yeah. Not a journalist. He's an absolute idiot. But that's okay. I'm not a dime back. I'd like to be able to tie some day. I'm getting tired. everybody welcome back to the second episode of the six overtimes podcast i am Chaz wagner joining me in doylestown pa is scott wildermuth what's going on Chaz? um we're coming to you guys on the wrong side of midnight on monday morning uh i hope everyone else is having a wonderful start to their their monday it's always a good time to uh start the week over this shows our devotion to biggie's basketball not everyone's jobs. Who is up at one in the morning talking about the first weekend of Big East hoops? I can't imagine that there's a ton of people thinking about Mississippi Valley State's basketball team at one o'clock right now. The Delta Devils, probably the best best mascot of the weekend. Yeah, it's a pretty good one, um, and and we had a good slate of games too. The Skyhawk. That's who. Uh, that's who Louisville played. There were some great mascots out there. Isn't there uh, the Great Danes? I like that too. Albany. Yeah. Just unbelievable. If if they if their play was only as good as their mascotting. <laughs> Speaking of uh, turning things into verbs, uh, I did a little t bowing last night. Oh, uh, you were up in the uh, the five boroughs this weekend. Yeah. A- a good buddy of mine had his 30th birthday party up uh, in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and I went up there for it, and, uh, you know, after you get a couple cocktails in me, I'm, I'm willing to uh, get down on one knee and do a little T-bone in the streets of uh, New York City. So, a little, little cocktails, you get a little, little rambunctious, Scott. I always get rambunctious after a couple cocktails, but this is the first time that I have ever T-boned. And as an outspoken uh, Tebow hater, and uh, it, it was it was something else. Uh, I tell you what, it made me feel close to Tebow, though. Were fans worshiping you on the streets of the Lower East Side? <laughs> um, no, no, we didn't get worship, but we did get a nice little photo op. Me and uh, me and my buddy Harding were doing it, and. Uh, it was definitely definitely an experience. Dwight Hardy, the St. John's player? Ah, no, 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 no. Harding Royster, my man. Sounds like a great guy. He is, he is. What about you? How was your weekend? Well, the weekend has turned into the week, which would be my birthday. It's 56 minutes into my 27th birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Um... So yeah, we're 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 there at number twenty seven. I don't I don't know what that number means. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Uh, well, so I got uh, twenty three more hours to go of it. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, well, don't go out and buy a motorcycle. It's not some sort of midlife crisis time yet. Is that what you do at twenty seven? Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. Well. There's Big East basketball on tonight for my my birthday, and there's one last football game, so it sh- it should be a good should be a good birthday. Yeah, and your Steelers pulled out a important win, I think, too. Huge! It shut up the Bengals. Nobody <laughs> you kn- you knew that they weren't good. They beat absolutely no one. I think Andy Dalton will be a good quarterback, but it's not his time yet. Big Ben 
is the elite quarterback of the AFC North. It's going to stay that way for many years, as you saw Joe Flacco lose the Seahawks today. So it's uh, the Steelers are still the not the AFC North, but I still think they're they're the team to beat in the AFC for that matter. Yeah, I mean it's hard to argue that with. I think Brady looks older. Um, uh, the Patriots just aren't who they are, but. You know, I think Dalton has been so impressive this year, and not to go too far off of Big East basketball, but I've just been blown away by how well he's played this season. Yeah, it's 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 good stuff. You, I want to see some. I don't want it to just be the Steelers in Baltimore. You want to see some respectability coming out of the Ohio teams. You're not going to get it from the Browns anytime soon. I'll tell you that much. They they stink. They stank. All right, Scott. Well, you, I think you're going to start us off. Let's 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 dive. Let's do a deep dive into Biggie's tubes. Yeah, I feel like we've said deep dive about ten times already uh, on our previous conversation. But uh, so I just want to jump in right away. I watched the UConn game and live tweeted the UConn Columbia game at six overtimes on Friday night. Um, UConn won seventy to fifty seven. They did not cover the spread, and it seemed like that was sort of a theme for underdogs uh, on Friday night, at least. I haven't checked most of the lines for the rest of the weekend, but, you know, the interesting thing with UConn was Jeremy Lamb is a freak. There's They have a lot of knowns. Jeremy Lamb's great. Shabazz Napier's great. Um, they got big bodies. You know, with Drummond, Oriaki, Olander, and, and Roscoe Smith, even, uh, who's a little bit more versatile of a player. But, you know, I, I watched that game and I'm concerned about a couple of things. Um, what are you concerned with, Scott? I thought, first and foremost, they didn't defend the three point line. Um, it might look like they did because I think uh, Columbia was about. You know, shot under 30% from the three-point line. But they missed six or eight wide-open three-point shots. Um, and you just can't do that as as a Connecticut team that's going to try to compete for uh, the national championship after unveiling the banner uh, from last year's team. Uh, I liked I I watched the unveiling. <clears throat> it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was nice. You know, like... Everyone's psyched, and, and they should be, and the, and the crowd was raucous. and uh, Raucous. Raucous. It was an excellent uh, way to open up the season, but, you know, <laughs> only one team can. Uh, yeah, so going back to the game specifically, um, the team was not only with the three-point defense, but also with team rebounding was real weak. Um they had this guy named Blaze Stab on Columbia who was just running all over the court, and he had no business grabbing 12 rebounds, and, and that's what he did. Um, you know, B- Blaze was my French name, uh, my name in French class in uh, seventh grade. Oh, yeah? Or no, I'm sorry, high school. It it had nothing to do with my name of Charles, but I like the name Blaze. I think it's awesome. <laughs> and you know, and my my French teacher was crazy, and whenever I would uh, get in trouble, she would just scream "Blaze" in this really hoarse voice. It was, it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> um, well, you were Blaze, I was Bruno, 
throughout uh, middle school and high school. My I took like seven years of French, if you include uh, college as well. Is the movie based off of your life? Uh, I can't pull off that kind of bathing suit, but <laughs> but uh, I'll take if I could marry the girl from uh, from Wedding Crashers. Uh, what's her name? Isla Fisher. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will be the real Bruno. I'll All right. absolutely do that. Um, so let's get back to the Blaze Columbia. Come so, on, Scott, focus. <laughs> I'm trying to. Um, so Blaze just had 12 rebounds. Uh, when I look at these games early in the season, I look for a couple of things. Are, are, is Connecticut doing what they're supposed to be doing? And that's, are they supremely ath- more athletic than the other team? And, and they were. Um, did they out-rebound Columbia? They did, but it was too tight for for the uh, height advantage that Connecticut had, um, and that's where the team rebounding. Calhoun Calhoun was pissed. Yeah, and rightfully he should be. I mean, that kept uh, Columbia in the game. Columbia got sixteen offensive rebounds, and and you know if Columbia is going to do that, what are some of the other bigger teams in in the Big East and you know down Connecticut's schedule uh, going to do to you? Um, so that was another big thing, and then you, you seem worried about this team. I I I think they're gonna be, yeah. I think they're gonna be just fine. Like you said, Lamb's a freak. Oh, that! Did you see that posterization he had on the baseline? Unreal. Oof, guy is a freak. He is a monster. It's silly. Well, it's one game. It's forty minutes of play. Uh, the, these guys are gonna are gonna bring it when they start seeing better competition. But getting into St. John's, I think we their body of work. It, they played uh, played three games already. They played Monday night against William and Mary. They played Wednesday night against Lehigh, and today they played UMBC. The uh, uh, Baltimore County, the Maryland guys down there, and. As we saw with the first two games, these guys started out really slow. Uh, it looked like they were going to go down, especially to a Patriot League nemesis of the Bucknell Bison, the Lehigh, uh, the guys from the, the Lehigh Valley. And C.J. McCollum, he he started out good, and he, and he cooled off uh, late in the game. But... St. John's, as we all know, the God's gift, Achawa, he, the dude is super efficient from the field. He's, uh, in the first... He's the guy. He was perfect in the, was he perfect today or against, uh, Lehigh? He missed one shot today. Yeah, so he's he's 73% from the field, he's 91% from the line, I mean, that's unheard of for... For a big dude, especially coming coming from a JUCO, I mean those guys are supremely athletic. They're not known, especially the big men, aren't known for being exceptional free throw shooters. So I am highly impressed by that. Uh, I think what Lindsay Nuradine Lindsay, another JUCO, has emerged. He's playing out of his mind. The dude, he, he's so athletic, uh, really good in transition. I think he does really well in that in 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 Lavin zone. He's he's a ball hawk, and um, but he has yet, even though he's a guard, he's yet to he's zero for seven, which is is kind of a startling stat. He's zero for seven from from three. He has yet to hit um, behind the arc, but it looks like D'Angelo Harrison 
is going to emerge as their he's their best outside shooter. And what else about these guys from the three games? It looks like really other than God's gift and Mo Harkless, uh, probably what I've seen their best freshman uh, thus far, along with Harrison, they really have very little front court depth. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, Lindsey is is. Uh, He's very athletic, can do a lot, but he's also that enigma I needed to watch out because he can create turnovers and and he'll he'll create a lot of shots for other people, but he is he is very turnover prone, Scott. Yeah, they're gonna need I think something from Pointer as far as uh, front court depth going forward, and so far he really hasn't done that. But I do want to before we get too far into St. John's, I, I do want to say that it was great to see Steve Lavin back um, from battling with prostate cancer, and you know we at the Six Overtimes podcast, of course, wish him the best and, and hope for a speedy recovery. So it was great to see him on the on the bench, and you know you were at the first exhibition game where they almost lost, and they went three and zero. So maybe he's uh, his presence is really being felt and. Um, Really breathing some some new life into these guys. That's right. Um, yeah, it was good to see him back. He he surprised. I think he made his decision at three thirty on on Wednesday afternoon. He was planning on uh, Sunday's game as being his return, but he he surprised the guys on on Wednesday night, which was good to see. So who's our who's our next team? We're running running down. Okay. Um... I think the next squad is is your Pittsburgh Panthers. You know it. You know, you know what I like to see is how well Ken Birch has been playing. Duh. <laughs> how well he's been playing. He he. If I don't know. Heavy sarcasm. Heavy sarcasm. Yeah, he 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 played. He was on the court. He looked. <laughs> I, I watched him a little bit today, and he looked okay. I think he he had a nice dunk. He put put it back and. Couple decent boards. I need to look at the numbers, but on Friday night he was like Andre Drummond. You didn't talk about him either yeah. for good reason because the guy did absolutely squat. The some of the two highest touted freshmen coming into the Big East and the entire country have been very uninspiring thus far. Um, boy, I ho- I hope it's not a Dante Taylor esque. Freshman year, uh, he looks he looks lost out there, and, and a lot of the freshmen are are gonna be like that. But yeah, Kem Birch didn't 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 show me much. Yeah, it's sort of scary when he's only playing a handful of minutes, and he was someone that I know we talked about a lot in in uh, previewing these the season upcoming, and I think you need something out of him, right? Got to see something because Dante Taylor's better this year. But he he's nowhere near where he's going to play 35 minutes. He's either going to get into foul trouble or he's going to need a breather. He's going to need someone someone else uh, filling that you know filling the interior and playing playing down in the low post. So yeah, he's got to play well. Uh, Gibbs uh, Gibbs played pretty well to be expected. <laughs> His shot is just. I haven't seen it in a while. Well, he makes them, but they're just darts. I mean, some of these, he he, he bombs it from from so far out, and uh, I don't I don't know how it goes in, but it it he makes he makes a ton of them. And let's not overlook how well Trayvon Woodall's played. 
I mean, he was nuts on Friday. He dropped in a career high, I think, 25 points, and he was just burying threes when they were double covering Gibbs. I mean, if they continue to do that all season, if he can shoot well from outside, it take it will take so much pressure off Gibbs. It will. I don't think it's going to last. He had a good game tonight, too, around 16 or 17, or I think he hit a couple late free throws, maybe pushed it up to 18 or 19, but... I don't think once we get in the league play that he's going to be a scorer. I think he's mu- going to go back much more into a pass-first point guard floor general role of more like a 7, 8, 9-point-a-game guy and hopefully keeps that assist-to-turnover ratio uh, near what he was last year. But the uh, Cardiac Hill was posturing that he might be the the legitimate and in in go, number two guys number two scorer for the pit this year, and I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, like Woodall might not be the best shooter, and he might be playing over his head right now. But if he can just give some defenses something else to worry about. He doesn't have to be a scorer, but yeah. he just needs to be efficient with uh, when he does shoot. I, I think that that's all he really needs to be, a, a legitimate scoring option from the outside. So Totally. And I remember in high school when uh, playing the point, uh, my coach would always say, you gotta, you got to keep the defense honest because I just would not uh, – I would not shoot. I would. I is a pass first and pass second and yeah. pass third and maybe shoot fourth guy. And it's getting back to Trey Woodall. It's he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to light up the uh, the scoring column every night, but at least draw some attention and keep him honest so that there's not two or three guys on on Gibbs. Exactly. But yeah, uh, I mean, let's talk about your the the Nova Wildcats. You got your buddy who was really hyping up uh, 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 Europu this year, and and he he came to play. He he was he was nasty, huh? Or Yaru? Why did I call yeah. him Europu? Yaru. Yeah, I mean Yaru is a guy that he's just a big dude, and we're gonna continue to talk about big dudes all year long. But this guy, you know, it. goes. <laughs> uh, he goes for twenty four and ten in, in their first game, and he just looked like a man. That's basically all you can say. He looked like a man, and he's gonna really need attention from uh, opposing defenses. And the thing that impressed me the most is Nova put up one hundred and six points. That that is. That's a lot of points in in forty minutes of basketball. Dommy Cheek finally uh, he, he he brought it for uh, I think yeah. Nova fans are psyched for that. Yeah, to, they've to, been waiting to, a while to balance. You know, Wayans is 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 gonna perform, but uh, they want Cheek to be this breakthrough year. Yeah, and this guy Javon Pinkston, who who we touched on early uh, in a previous podcast, he. He looked like the real deal. I mean, he didn't look like it too much. If you, if um, he passed the eye test, is basically what I'm trying to say. He had nine points. He had a couple of boards, a couple of assists, a couple of steals, a block. Um, you know, he's going to be a guy that they really are going to need that sort of line where it reads twelve, four, six, and you know, a couple of steals. And I think that that's where they're going to get all even numbers. Was it 
Was that really? It, it's all even number. He can never have 13 points or 7 rebounds. Never. <laughs> That'd right? be incredible. So, yeah, uh, Pinkston and, and Kennedy was the other one where those two uh, forwards, uh, two freshmen that uh, reading the Nova blogs that fans were, were uh, they're pumped. Yeah, and rightfully so. I, I think that Nova's going to have a better than expected season. Um I like what they have in the front court. I like how they start the all the guards and they go uh, one center and four guards and just run back and forth and you know that was effective and you know I talked about it with Connecticut earlier about team rebounding early in these games and see if you can out athlete these guys because you know what it is Monmouth at the end of the day that they're playing but. They out-rebounded 42-24, to and they started four guards. So it, it's nice to see that they buy into the team rebounding uh, process and uh, really put it into motion on Friday. The Monmouth. All right, next, the Louisville Cardinal. We got, speaking of freshmen, and down in the low post, we got Chain... Bahannon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, Mike Rutherford from the Card Chronicle said many people will botch his name this year. But what isn't botched <laughs> is his play. He had a double-double in, in both of his games on Friday, and, Friday night against UT Martin and against Lamar uh, today as well. And this guy supposedly is an absolute monster in, in, in on the glass. Yeah, I mean, he looks like the prototypical Louisville, you know, forward that they bring in. Supremely athletic, all over the place, and trying to just get as many boards and points as possible. Um, you know, these guys are who we thought they were, to quote Dennis Green. Um, they're running back and forth, up and down the court. Uh, Kyle Couric had a nice first game on Friday. Uh, we put up 14 points, but sort of cooled off yesterday. Uh, or, yeah, I guess it is yesterday now, huh? Huh? Um, <laughs> um, but I do think that he was someone that we've we've spoken about who... They're look, he, he's got to show some leadership this year. Yeah, he's got to be that guy for this team because I don't think it's Peyton Silva. Yeah, he's shooting 29% from the field early on, and... Uh... I'm, I'm uh, very unimpressive uh, and uninspiring from him, just in just in the first two games. But uh, you're talking about Silva. Si is it Silver? Silva? Silva or Silva? I don't know. Peep, I don't I think know. it's Silva. I don't know what it is. We it's <laughs> we know who we're talking about. Mike Mara gonna be a good contributor this year. He went down with an injury today. They're gonna be doing some tests. They may have came come in tonight, but uh, he was on crutches after the game. This team has been hit with the injury bug with um, some of the freshmen uh, starting out. So would really hate to see with this this team, uh, you know, top ten to start the year if if they don't if we don't get to see their true potential because of of injuries you, you really i hate to see that from a big east team yeah and you know what the nice thing is about rick patino's teams and congrats on the 600th victory uh on friday night there mr patino um is that they're so deep and 
not that any team can afford heavy injuries, but I think that they can absorb losses a little bit easier than some of the other teams that are uh, in our conference. Yes, sir. Oh, and uh, Chain, another great thing. He's shooting uh, over 75% from the field, so not only a good uh, rebounder, but pretty darn efficient from the field. Yeah, he didn't miss a shot on Friday. Yeah, he was he was awesome in his debut. Another team donning red in their colors this year is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Scott, what'd you, what'd you take from their, their tough-fought battle, low-scoring affair on Friday night against the Dartmouth Big Green? What I took is my money because I'm now 1-0 on Big East betting. Um, Rutgers was giving 19.5 to Dartmouth, and I looked at that and said... That's way too many points for Rutgers to be giving to anybody. And, you know, they only won by six. Not too much to talk about here. Um, I think there's a lot to talk about. They, they had some freshmen coming in. It's it's Mike Rice is bringing a, it's It's a brand new look for, for Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, your man Mike Rice uh, got teed up there. Yep, but then he tweeted after the game that he was at fault. That's... <laughs> That's a modern coach. Yeah, it's him and him and Joe Madden are meeting at those internet cafes that all the young people are hanging out at. He goes to Twitter and fesses up. My bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty stand up, but we won't really. We've grown accustomed to uh, expecting that from Mike. Which would you think uh, the freshman guards uh, in their debut, Miles Mack and uh, Eli Carter, starting out? Well, what I don't like is that they had seven turnovers. Um, but that's to be expected for a freshman point guard coming in, um, or freshman guards coming in. And, you know, you hope that they continue to progress going on throughout the season. But, you know, they, they made some shots, and, and we got a three-pointer out of them. Um, but I, can't, I keep coming back to the fact that Combined, they turn the ball over seven times, and you know it's gonna get harder, not easier against uh, Big East opponents going forward. Yeah, you talked about threes. They only took four, uh, four three pointers, and 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 made only two. So you'd like to see with a pretty guard oriented uh, offense that they're they're only shooting that much. And I staying on shooting. I want to see Dane Miller, one of the upperclassmen. He he led the team with twelve points, but he only, I think he only took five shots. He was efficient from the field, four for five. But with a, he's not a senior, but a, a leader, a de facto leader for the Scarlet Knights. It's I, I'm okay with him putting up 12, 15 shots a, a game and maybe not hitting fifty percent from the field. But uh, look for a shot and look look to be the look to be the the scorer for this this young ball club. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Um... And we talked about Carter and Mack. They combined for 18 points, which is nice to see. Um, but, you know, Dartmouth had more shots than these guys. Uh, Rutgers had nine assists to 16 turnovers. Bad. They're just they're just ugly numbers. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one game. Get it, to, get it behind them. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a long time to see who Rutgers really is. And, and hopefully it's not... Uh, Hopefully it's not who they they played like on Friday. So I guess we want to move on to uh, those Mountaineers uh, from Morgantown. Um, 
Who did they play this week? I can't even see it. Come on, Scott. They played Oral Roberts. Uh, and Oral Roberts is projected to win the Summit League this year. and They're always a strong team. Yeah, and before I get into they they kept it close. It was it was a game with with um late late in the stretch. They their full court press kept them in it and, and caused some turnovers. But they had this Dominique Morrison who this guy got to the line. The team shot the um Oral Roberts shot thirty free throws. I forget how many Morrison him, uh, himself individually had, but this guy every he had thirteen. Yeah, every time I looked, he was he was at the charity stripe. So uh, I know I know Huggins was complaining. I don't know if he was complaining about the refs or complaining about his ball club that they fouled that many times. But yeah, they, they, Oral Roberts should not be getting the line thirty times. But the things on more directly on the Mountaineers and their play. One, I really like Jabari Hines. He I know he's been hyped up. I didn't get to see him. Keep on riding that hype machine, baby. The hype machine. I, I never saw him in actual play until Friday night. And this dude excels in transition. He's got a motor. He can move um, on on the fast break. But like really good guards, they slow it down and they, they have that unbelievable jump stop when they get around the hole and around the lane. And they can either have a quick, very swift pass to a big man that's that's coming that's trailing, or they just they just lay it in themselves. But I really liked him in transition. Another freshman was uh, G- Gary Brown. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, you know, off air, Chaz and I were talking about Jabari Hines because he's one of the most exciting guys in the conference, and he reminded me a lot of what Chris Paul can do and and did do when I was uh, at Wake Forest. And, you know, they have just superior body control on top of everything else, on top of this excellent vision and excellent quickness and and speed. And, you know, it's it's like he can control where these big guys, when he's in amongst the trees, are going to be by shielding them off of their body or doing a jump stop or whatever. And, um, I just I look forward to watching Hines play for hopefully all four years. It's it's going to be fun, and and alongside him is Gary Brown, another freshman, and he definitely excel, he's good on the break, but he excels in the half court offense. He was bringing it up. Uh, Hines started the game, bringing the ball up the court at the at the one position. Gary Brown came off the bench, and he would still bring it up the court over a, a, a truck Bryant. And he's got a nice jumper, even a good uh, long-range pullback jumper. He hit a few from the corner that, that showed a lot of strength for, for a young guard like that. And I think that, that combo guard uh, for years to come is going to be exciting. I liked our boy Kalichka. Uh, how can he not like him? He was rocking that ridiculous beard, and he's just—he uh, looks—he's got a little Arvita Sabonis to him. When in Morgantown, grow look like a mountaineer, and he's—he's he's playing the part. He—he he looks stronger this year. Uh, you know, two things: he looks stronger, and I think he worked on his uh, post moves. He, yeah, the, you know, the footwork. I think he was working on his. Uh, 
some some hook shots and you know I think I think the the coaching staff tried to work with him on that. He had some hideous one one from the corner. He tried a left-handed uh baby hook shot and it hit the side of the backboard. Yikes. Which is Kalish Kalichka-esque. Uh yeah. you, you always need one of those those moments coming from him. And Kevin Jones was who we know who he is. He went 20 and 8. He only missed 3 shots from the field. He's going to be the guy. He's going to put the team on his back, though. Um, doing my best. Greg Jennings there. He's strong, so. <laughs> yeah, right? He's back. He's back and take it. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think moral of the story is that uh, West Virginia looked pretty good. Um, Oral Roberts is a better team than everyone expects or, or would think from just looking at the uh, – at the name of the university, so don't get too thrown off by a seven-point win uh, against a pretty good and po- uh, probable tournament team. I agree. Uh, next one are the Blue Demons of DePaul. Yeah. You know Cle- Cleveland Melvin had a nice game, as to be expected. Chris Faber. Everyone contributed pretty well. Uh, honestly, Scott, I don't, I don't know much about this game. Yeah, you're going to have to fill in for me. <laughs> uh, no problem, man. Um, yeah, so when I, whenever I look at this kind of stuff, uh, and we talked about this off, off air also, with guys like Kyle Couric and, uh, Cleveland Melvin, who are supposed to take that next step, uh, to become the guy on their team, um, from one year to the next, I always like to see if um, if if they do make that true progression because teams will start scheming against those specific players because they know that that's where the offense is going to come from. And Cleveland Melvin, he had 17 points, uh, but he had 16 shots, so he wasn't that efficient with the ba- with the basketball. Um, but you know we're going to have to see how he how he does all throughout the season. Um, and then my other litmus test is they were even in rebounding with UT Pan American. Ah, uh, that's who they played. That's right. And they, they, you just can't do that. That's unacceptable. That's totally unacceptable for a Big East team just to play that tight or at least on the rebounding uh, margin with with a team like UTPS. Scott won't accept it. <laughs> I will not. This will not fly. In Big East play. Yeah, I, I'm getting this inflection in my voice because I, I watched a lot of that uh, Oklahoma State conference or press conference where, uh, what's the guy's name over there? Kept screaming, I'm a man, I'm 40. Mike Mike Gundy. Mike it's the, <laughs> our friends at the Solid Verbal, that's their in, part of their intro is the Mike Gundy press conference. Yeah, that's probably one of the best press conferences. It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's move on to another team from the great Midwest. Just a few hours north of Chi-Town is Marquette and our favorite, favorite coach in the entire league, Buzz Williams. This was uh, this game wasn't even close. Not, close. not even close from the start. Uh, it was weird. He took all the. I think he took all five starters, or at least four of them, out of the game early, which was kind of bizarre. Didn't affect him at all. Uh, just complete annihilation of was it Mount St. Mary's? Yep. 
and everyone looked good. I saw a little bit of this game, and this team is just so freaking athletic. Vanderblue looked good. Uh, Kaduga, I think he had a, the karaoke kid. He had 10 assists. You know what you're getting with DJO. Jay Crowder, his outside shot is improving even more, and we know he can he can bang down low. Atule looks looks strong. Um, the for the one thing on this, well, they put up ninety one points, but the freshman Scott didn't didn't uh, didn't even I didn't I was very unimpressed with the freshman. Yeah, um, but that could have been a that could have been a product of the fact that it was such a blowout so early. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't you want to see them? Uh, they all got a decent amount of playing time. That one of them would have emerged and and. Say hey, you know, hey Buzz, I want uh, I want to be part of the, the rotation during the year. I mean, no, but nobody, nobody played well out of the freshman core. Yeah, and I just think it comes down to focus. Uh, at the end of the day, they're eighteen, nineteen year old kids, and if they're playing against a team like Mount Saint Mary's and they're up, what was it, forty two to nineteen or something, or forty nine to eighteen at halftime? Yeah, I mean, it's just. I think it's just one of those things that we really can't take a full uh, understanding out of. What we didn't get to see Juan Anderson. Yeah, what did he do? Why wasn't he playing? He went and saw the Brew Crew during their playoff run this year, and he got the ticket as a gift or from a Ooh. booster or alumni or somewhere, and he's suspended three games. So we'll have to wait for for his debut. Well, much anticipated and. I gotta tell you, I think I'm gonna uh, adopt the Golden Eagles as my uh, Big East team now that I'm moving out to the Midwest. Oh, that's right, Minneapolis. Scott is uh, has taken a job with with General Mills. Well, I don't know if it's yeah. it's it's fully set in stone, but it's it's we want to congratulate Scott on that, and uh, yeah, that's great. And and mostly we should congratulate Marquette for having me as their fan now. That's right. Do you, are you going to buy their new jersey? I think so, man. I I, I think I'm going to get a D Wade Marquette jersey. There it is. That's pretty nasty. Yeah, I, you got to go old school when buying jerseys. I've gotten burnt with the Drew Bledsoe Bills jersey. It's just not good. Well, who else would you buy for Marquette? It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's like you got to <laughs> buy the uh, MJ jersey for the Bulls. Yeah, exactly. But I think there's even less options for Marquette. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, people get the worm and, and Pippen. And or you could wear Luke Longley, ironically. Tony Kukoc. Yeah, right. Um, so let's skip on over to the Georgetown game. Um, they looked particularly impressive, didn't you think, Chaz? Yeah, a little sloppy in the first half, but uh, to start, I think, after a quick timeout in the second, they went on a flurry, really, really... Uh, sealed this game and made it a blowout over Savannah State. And the guy that I was very, very impressed with was Henry Sims, center for for Georgetown. Awesome game, probably his best uh, in a Hoya uniform. 19 points, 6 boards, 3 blocks, and 5 assists. And most importantly, received a standing ovation from the crowd as he was going out of the out of the game and even the Savannah State coach in the post game press conference said that they were surprised by his play because 
He's looking at the, the tape and and him from years past. He's been very mediocre, and they didn't focus on him much in the 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 pregame. Yeah, um, you know what I'm hearing right now. I'm hearing the makings of a man crush. He's got to show more than just the. He didn't even get into twenty points. Come on, <laughs> you, you got to get up to twenty points if if there's going to be a man crush or anything. I mean, he, right. he didn't even have a double double. Hey, he got on the radar though, and and that's all that that's that's all he can do for one game. He does it a couple times, and and we'll be sitting here talking again, and and you'll be crushing on him again. Well, hey, the George, he's 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 taking over. He's just fo- he's just following in line. Georgetown <laughs> is known for his centers. Yes, sir. You've got Ewing, Matumbo, Morning, Sweetney, Hibbert, uh, Monroe, Greg Monroe, Othella, Harrington. He's he's got to yeah. carry the torch. It's Sims time. It's Sims time. You know, to take it uh, and and shine the light on some other folks. Uh, Otto Porter, nice little nice little debut for that guy. Goes nine and eight. He's got three blocks. Only missed one shot. Yep. Uh, Hoya fans, the Hoya Saxo were were impressed with that. And Jason Clark, he didn't have a big game, but expect him to be the go-to guy along with Hollis Thompson as as we get later in the year. Yep. So going on to Providence, uh, they played Fairleigh Dickinson, I believe. Yep. Um, and they, they got a victory, just like every other team in the Big East uh, this weekend. Uh, they won 72 ele- or 61. They won by 11. Um, you know, you're going to have to help me out on this one. I didn't, I didn't spend too much time watching it, but uh, I think the main story is that Bryce Cotton had a nice little game for himself. He was great, and I can't believe you didn't spend your weekend watching and analyzing the Providence FDU game. Shame on you. You know, I've I've been to I've been to FDU. Um, Where the hell is FDU? It's in like it's in Jersey somewhere. Um, for one of my previous jobs, I had to go on like a fast food scavenger hunt, and it wasn't as cool as that sounds. Do they have a White Castle? Was was White Castle in there? Yeah, it was close. Um, so we drove through FDU, and it looked like my high school. It was crazy. You're looking at you're looking to go to grad school there, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been looking to apply for several years, but I just haven't gotten the strength and the courage to apply to Fairleigh Dickinson. Okay, well, General Mills is going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, and my commuting out there, too. Well, Ed Cooley, he, the era has started. He's the anti-Kino, and yep. we didn't think it would happen this fast, but as as we know from the Kino Davis era... Like to play up tempo, like to run, quick shots, up tempo. I think I already said that, but they had uh, the guys in the Friar blog had this number. Dave Payne did a great, great analysis of this, but they had 60, <clears throat> 60 possessions on offense, and that is the lowest total. Uh, that was the lowest total in. Uh, uh, of all the games in the Keno Davis area, I think the the fewest number of possessions under him was 62 possessions. Not to get too technical and everything, but it just goes to show that Ed Cooley is going to slow it down. They're going to play good defense, not going to get ahead of themselves, and especially with a younger, inexperienced team. You know, he wants to keep everything right in front of them and not uh, not get ahead of themselves. 
Yeah, and that seems like it was a lot of uh, possessions for a kind of coach like Cooley. So we'll continue to monitor that as the year progresses. But look for Providence to try to slow the ball down um, against everyone that they play. Yeah, Vincent Council played 39 minutes. You don't see... I don't know if they've got a, a light bench, but you didn't see many of the best players on all on all these teams log minutes like he did. Uh you know, you saw a lot of these guys getting in the high twenties minute, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine minutes. That's you know, thirty nine minutes in the first game is is a lot. Yeah, and they probably needed all thirty nine minutes from council because you know, at the end of the day, it was sort of a close game. Um, moving on, let, let's let's chat Notre Dame. And I, I met a ton of Notre Dame uh, alumni and alumnus um, at my interview process for, for the General Mills job. And it was right after they beat Wake and it was in football. Uh, it was painful. So Irish fans hate Demon Deacon fans. Hate them. Yeah, I think it's that whole like Catholicism versus um, Protestants, Southern Baptists. Baptists. Yeah, yeah I don't deal. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but more importantly, and most importantly, is that Notre Dame took care of business and they beat the Delta Devils of Mississippi Valley State. And That's a long name. Yeah, it's almost like they're doing it purposefully, you know? Is that where Jerry Rice went? Yeah. Nice. He's a Delta Devil. <laughs> a 49er and a Delta Devil. And an Oakland Raider. Yeah, but he's always a 49er in my book. Of course. Now, no, no Timmy Abramitis. He's serving a four-game suspension for... That misunderstanding back, uh, he was trying to redshirt around his sophomore year, and you can't play in any games if you want to redshirt. But anyways, uh, he'll be back in in a in a week or so. Uh, Eric Atkins was was sick, nasty, twenty seven points, only missed one shot from the field, twelve at twelve from the line. Three at three from three. Uh, what, just an awesome game. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm sort of happy Abermitis wasn't there because it gives us an opportunity to look at Eric Atkins, and he might as well have been the best player in the Big East over the weekend. Yeah, he he was. Uh, what he tie with Moch uh, Domi Cheek was 27. I think that was. Or my bad. Uh, Lamb was at 30. Cheek was at 27, Atkins was at 27, I, so I think that was those were the highest totals. But, yeah, he played great. Scott Martin, he chucked up 14 shots. That's a lot to be seeing. May, I guess somebody had to shoulder the, uh, the the shots that Abermitis would usually take, but 14 just seems like a lot for Scott Martin to be taking. Um yeah, it looks like they they went with a small lineup, lot you know, four guard lineup, but Abermitis will play that that four position once he's back. Yeah, and they it got him to a thirteen point victory. Uh, they didn't turn the ball over too much, almost had a two to one assist to turnover ratio, which is always good to see. Um, Out rebounded him, you know, pretty easily, and really. Sort of dominated the game from from start to finish. Yeah, they did. And next up are Syracuse Orange. 
They had a ho-hum victory over Fordham, uh, won by 21, I believe, and... 25. 25, what was it, 78-53? Yep. Yeah. They're trying to take credit away from them. I am. There's four points. <laughs> they got 16 from Joseph, 14, nice, nice 14 from Waiters off the bench. It looks like what we were watching... In the in in the preseason was that uh, Raheem Christmas, the freshman, got the start over C.J. Fair, who who I thought was gonna was gonna get the nod over him. Yeah, we both thought that, that was gonna be the case, and you know what? It seemed like C.J. Fair came out and took care of business, even though he was coming off the bench. Um, he did get business. He did get more minutes than <laughs> Raheem Christmas. Um, you know, he had nine points and he he made a three. That's his game. Uh, got a couple of rebounds, so maybe Christmas gives them a little bit more versatility at that hybrid three-four spot than CJ Fair does. So yeah, the, he, he, Christmas is strong. I think he's gonna be able to man up down in the post uh, against some some of the bigs in the Big East uh, in the out of conference here when it's. Uh, a little more running gun and up tempo playing against these teams. CJ Fair might might fare better. Nice. I see what you did there. But Christmas, once we get uh deep into Biggie's play, I think that's where we're gonna really see his his uh his strengths. But Fab Mello, how about uh uh, slim down? I, I think uh the Orange fans are excited for, for him this year. Well, he wasn't fabulous offensively, but defensively he swatted four shots, got a couple of rebounds, was the big body that they're looking for, and he looked competent, I thought. But yeah, I, I don't think they they don't need him to be oh, yeah, yeah, an yeah. exceptional scorer. They are these these guys are so deep on off uh on the offensive end. Trish and, and Jardine didn't have didn't have great nights, but these guys I mean I, we said waiters had a good night. I mean, for all we, anyone can step in and, and fill in for scoring, but they need uh, four blocks. That's that's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, it's good, and and we touch on this on our preview podcast for Syracuse. Um, they need their big guys down low, whether it's Mellow, Christmas, Fair, whoever, to take some of the pressure off of Chris Joseph, so he can. He can do what he does down low and, and get the ball in the bucket. So I think that's bucket. what's most important. Yeah. yeah. It was a nice nice win for Syracuse. And, uh, you know, like we said, it, it, at least they're not Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt? Yeah, they lost today. No way. To who? Yeah. Um, I'm bringing it up now. But... I'm in tunnel vision, man. Big East, I'm only concerned about <laughs> 16 teams plus one. Plus one, eh? What is that? Plus one. Bucknell Bison. Ah, okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to find it right now, but you can... you can. It's a bad loss. Take my word for it. Yeah, they lost to Cleveland State by 13. By 13? Yeah. At- and I don't know if you caught any of the Duke game, but Duke should have lost to Belmont. Wow. So, was this in Nashville? Yeah. Wow. Bad, bad loss. Yeah, and... You know, we touched on this with Oral Roberts. Like, Cleveland State isn't as bad as people think just looking at the guys at, at their team name across their chest. Cleveland State's going to make the tournament this year. No, they're a good mid-major, but... 
Van, this is the best Vandy team in in years. Yeah, and they lose game one. It's 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 not good. So at least Syracuse did not lose game one and uh, and embarrass themselves like uh, the Commodores did. Right. Bucknell's playing uh, Vandy in in a, in a little bit. Uh, so let's go back to a New York team uh, across across the pond from me in South Orange, the Seton Hall Pirates, and the two seniors, uh, as everyone has said, as this team will go off of its seniors, Jordan Theodore and Herb Pope. I don't like that the announcer calling this game last night or Saturday night. Started out by calling him Herbie. <laughs> I I don't know what's more uncomfortable, them calling him Herbie or all the guys on uh, on College Game Day, or, or I'm sorry, Brett Munzberger during uh, the Saturday night games, uh, repeatedly saying Herbie. It's just it's too much. Yeah, and you can even take it one step forward, and you know after Lindsay Lohan was in Herbie fully loaded. Uh... Her life really went down the toilet. And yes, I did just make a Herbie full, uh, fully loaded reference there. It's too, it, people are too lax with Herbie. <laughs> it's, it's, you gotta use it uh, very seldomly. It's, it's very overused. Um, but I, I would tend to, if I'm gonna go either way, I would go, I would formalize it and go with Herbert. Ah, nice. I nice. think you have to pay the person respect first before you can start, uh, <laughs> Acting yeah. like you're having a beer with them. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, when I look at the stat line, you got to watch this game. I, I didn't get to see any of it. It looked like Pope went off. He went for 21-14, but, you know, from all all accounts, it seems like he's he's not that good. Uh, he's good, but he... <sighs> on defense, he looks... I wasn't impressed with him on D. He looks slow, heavy feet. Uh, look, kind of wasn't. Uh, didn't have a good. I, what I'm getting at, he didn't have a good motor out there. Looked somewhat out of shape. I know yeah. he had. I didn't get to watch him much last year. I don't know if this was. Uh, it's the same Herb Pope because he had that heart condition two summers ago and he's still recovering from that and he and he may na- may never recover with his stamina and conditioning but just did he, he's not that big i mean he's 6'9 235 i think 236 and a guy like that i yeah. think should be more active and, and better able to get up and down the floor and i, I just didn't see that well, the stat line 21 14 you can't beat that it's sort of it's sort of uh frightening though if you're a seton hall pirate fan that you can only beat saint francis of new york by four points to start the season off oh dude they should they should have lost this game uh jordan theodore was uh, uh abysmal from the field i know all the a lot of the papers today praised him for his senior leadership and coming down the stretch but he missed so many layups in, in all throughout the game he hit he hit it the last i mean he hit one with no time on the clock maybe a half second on the clock to put this game into overtime but they really should have lost this game it's one of those where the uh underdog team was up all game they give it up, they go into overtime, and the team that was supposed to win ends up winning the game. It happens a lot. 
Uh, I, I liked Fuquan Edwin. I, I thought he uh, kind of, sort of looked like uh, Jeremy Hazel. He's got a long way to go before he ever com- becomes that, but he's, if anyone's going to fill in for him, his departure, it's going to be him. Uh, it, it, what's amazing about this team is they have three guys on their current roster from this Canisius Academy over in, I want to say it's over in Spain, but it's one of these premier uh, schools, or they, you know, they call it Academy, but they're supposed to get even more guys coming in in this 2012 class, but Willard really seems to be, you know, if he can't get their New York talent, then... He's he's going for the European talent, looks like. Yeah, and it's it's nice when you see. Uh, I'm a White Sox fan for baseball, and you know they put so much money into recruiting in Cuba and and international recruiting that way. So it's nice to see when your team, like Seton Hall, has done and go over and spend the time and spend the money in in um, recruiting in a place that not a lot of other teams are going to be there and and it seems like they're getting in front of it and they'll be able to get the premier talent or at least you know the better players from Spain and I think that's a very smart move and very heady decision by the AD over at Seton Hall. Yeah definitely and uh this team all uh Italian line they only had one assist in the first half. Yeah and um I guess moving on, let's talk about the South Florida Bulls who, who beat a, to continue the trend of crazy mascots, uh, the Vermont Catamounts. Um, you know, South Florida seemed to uh, barely pull it out here. And I know Vermont's historically a decent program for basketball, uh, certainly not at, at Big East par, but, you know, they... South Florida won 61-59, and, and from all accounts, it seems like they could have easily lost the game. I, they, uh, people thought they did. They, uh, The Vermont guy missed a layup with a second left, and then the dude, Matt Glass, put up a, a putback, and, and it, he made it, but they waved it off with, with a buzzer. So this, this could have – well, it would have went into overtime just kind of uh, – like St. Francis Seton Hall, they should they shouldn't be going in overtime against these teams. But Ron Anderson Jr. led led the effort with sixteen and nine. Pretty good pretty good game from him. We were we talked about him uh emerging as a one of the leaders of this team. Uh this they they shot pretty well from uh a a, a perplexing weird uh weird stat, but they were forty six percent from three but only fifty four fifty four percent excuse me from the line doesn't doesn't make much sense uh point guards they 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 handled the ball pretty well their best player from last year augustus gilchrist didn't have didn't have a great night i'm not putting too much into one game but scott you see this other torlin fitzpatrick was suspended uh for whatever these non sanctioned summer league games yeah, I mean, I just I can't believe that you know Fitzpatrick and some of these other guys, uh, your boy JJ, uh, more over at Pitt. Like, how, how do they not know that this is not sanctioned, or how do they not know the rules? It just seems very silly to me. It, it reminds me of when Steve Smith of the Carolina Panthers was like 
playing a flag football game and broke his arm. I mean, you, you just can't do it. It's just silly. Um, but I like to focus on Gilchrist just because, you know, if he has a good night, they're not in the situation where they are literal, like an umpire's decision to take you to overtime. So, you know, it is one game, but I, th I think that, He's the guy that makes them go, and as much as we want to say that Ron Anderson had a great game, and he did, um, we're going to need to see more out of Gilchrist if uh, South Florida is going to be relevant this season. I agree. Last team. Yeah, let's let's uh, do it for your sake, my sake, and, and for that of Mick our Cronus. listening audience. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so where do you want to start off with the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats? Well, these guys didn't play until t uh, Sunday, Sunday night. And Yancey Gates looks stronger than ever. We knew he was going to have a good year. He uh, further exemplified that with a nice 15 and 11 night. And he just looks... Uh, uh, this this guy's strong, and I'm, I'm excited to get your uh, your boy that that covers the NBA on and, and talk about his um, prospects for an NBA career and, and what his uh, how his how his game matches up uh, in the pros. But I liked uh, Yancey. We, we know he's going to play well. Sean Kilpatrick uh, had, had, a, had a nice night. It's good to see him. Yeah, he's another one of those guys that we were talking about with uh, Kyle Kirk. It's it, can oh, yeah. he be? Very, very can he similar. make that next step? And you know, he it's one game, like we've continually said, but he made that step today. He 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 did what he could in in this in this uh, time frame and went for thirteen and nine. He missed all of his shots from three point line. Um, you know, but that's probably just an aberration for today. Um, but Cincinnati looked good. They took care of business. They won by 25 against the Alabama State team that, you know, isn't, it's Alabama State. Yeah, I, I, I love how we're all guilty of it, and every team is, and everyone in sports, where you say, you're, you're saying it's an aberration that this won't happen, but if they w if he would have shot great, then oh he put in the time in the off season he improved. This is just a sign and a harbinger of things to come. Uh, oh he's gonna Certainly. break through. But like I, I loved hearing Mike Rice in, in his post game like we're only gonna get better. Like we needed a game like this to get through it. These guys are young. They're just gonna get better. I mean what if I want to. Teams get worse and just suck as the year goes along. Like, that can very well happen. Yeah. So uh, not all 16 Big East teams are going to improve as the year goes along. Yeah, I don't buy into that thought PR spin crap either. Like, what is what is Vanderbilt saying now that we needed to get a scare early in the season to make sure that we're pedal to the metal for the rest of the year? No. They look stupid for losing, and thankfully none of the Big East teams did, so we didn't have to give any of our listeners that BS. So, you know what, Chaz? 
It is so nice that college basketball is back, and this weekend was so good just to be able to sit back and watch some college basketball games and and take in the start of the season. Touche. Just watching Georgetown and Savannah State and Seton Hall and St. Francis College. It's just awesome. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it wets my whistle. And... uh you know, I, I, I tweeted through the um, through the UConn-Columbia game, and to be honest, I really enjoyed watching those guys play because, uh, you know, Columbia was scrappy, and these guys, it, it's fun to watch that first game because that's their Super Bowl. That's Columbia's chance to get on the map. That's mm-hmm. Savannah State's chance to get on the map. Definitely. And, um, you know, as... as much as we look at the games and then we say, yeah, they should blow them out, but these guys are playing so hard, and just to be able to watch them play and, and, and show off in front of uh, thousands of people is, is nice. You know what? I was reading Seton Hall blog or Providence blog. Do you know what? I learned a new uh, colloquial term this weekend. Uh, do you know what wet behind the ears is? Uh, that means they're young, right? I, 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 I've never seen that. No? I'm, I'm stupid. I mean, I've never, never, uh, never seen it, so I... I think uh, it has to do something with, um, animals. When they're born, they're still wet behind the ears. But there I, it I, is. I could be totally wrong. I'm gonna start dropping that a lot from now on, acting like I've been nice. saying it for years. It could be your diaper dandy. That's, that's it. <laughs> He's wet behind the ears, baby! Um, yeah, so tonight we, uh, Monday night we have a full slate of games. Um, everyone should be used to Big Mondays and, and get psyched for Big Monday. And this could be a little Monday. Two months, two months early. Premature. Yeah, a little Monday. Um, but we got UConn playing Wagner, uh, Marist in South Florida. And those games are all on ESPN3 on your computer, which is an awesome setup. If you guys haven't tried it, it is very cool. Uh, then we got Syracuse and Manhattan and Detroit Notre Dame on ESPNU. Uh, we'll be checking those games out and probably live tweeting that as well. Um, and then we got Norfolk State against Marquette, Mississippi Valley State, DePaul, UNC Greensboro against Georgetown, and Providence takes on Fairfield, and Providence are seven and a half point underdogs to Fairfield. Awful. It is going to be a long season for the Friars if they are going to be twenty point dogs in the Big East. Well, why Providence Fairfield's a big game tonight? Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, it's Ed Cooley's return to Fairfield. That he that's where he came over from, uh, and and he was not bashful about going to s- scheduling his former team. He was he was quite open to the the challenge and the opportunity, and kind of paying respect to his old team. So it'll be interesting to see that uh, that game take place uh, tonight. Yep. So. You know, continuing the tradition of excellent Big East basketball, I think we're all looking forward to it. Um, Once again, thank you very much for uh, joining us at the Six Overtimes podcast. Uh, It is now 2 a.m. on Monday morning, and we are going to wrap it up. 
you know where to find us. We're on Twitter at Six Overtimes. Uh, my personal Twitter is at SB underscore Wild, and Chaz is at Chaz Wagner. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, email us uh, any questions or things that you want us to cover in, in future podcasts. And uh, look forward to bringing bring you all these games uh, Monday night on Tuesday. And uh, have a good good Monday. A really good Monday. Like, like a really good one. The best Monday. Peace. Peace.